Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. I'm ready, James husked, spreading his legs. The sinuous arch of his spine was temptation itself. Azeroth bit his lip and poured enough lube onto the plug to make it glisten, then pressed it gently into James' waiting ass. He took it easily, letting out a guttural cry as it stretched him, not quite deep enough to give him the pressure against the prostate he wanted. James twisted in his bonds, panting his pink cock, leaking uh, on his slim belly. He cast a wild glance at Azeroth, and then to Lucifer on his makeshift throne. Clara. Neil. Blasphemer. Blasphemer. I mean, not really. We've 100% uh done demons before <laughs> that's true so we doubled down on demons double down indeed and double dicked on demons not really no Let's i expected that, that yeah me too didn't double anyway dick. we have to do our podcast <gasps> our podcast yes for realsy hi i'm neil and i'm claire And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. We sure do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you have come here just for reviews of books, uh, that's not what we're providing. You can find reviews on Goodreads. You can find them at the bottom of the Amazon scroll. You can find them anywhere. What we do is shit talk. (laughs) Yes. Like Confessional with your Catholic priest. We say everything. Absolutely, we give everything. all the sorted details. We leave nothing out. Yes. Well, we we actually probably leave a great deal out, which is the boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, Neil, you picked books for us. I did pick the books today, and we're going to be talking about Forbidden Fruit, a taboo priest erotic MM romance, The Priest and the Demon, book two by Avery Arden, and Mafia Priest, an insta-love age gap romance, Mafia Princess, book one by Portia Lux. Those are very long titles. (laughs) I know they are. And what was the theme? Oh, the theme was priests. <laughs> Good. Good. Because this was supposed to be our um, our Valentine's Day extravaganza. And I thought... <laughs> Nothing says Valentine's like priests fucking. Well, you know, I, I mean, really sorta. wanted to get into the Catholicism of it all. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But life happens. Here Indeed. we are. But here so, we are. Here we are. Uh, happy fifth anniversary, Claire and Christine. <gasps> happy fifth anniversary, Neil and Christine. What is the fifth anniversary? Is it wood? Wood. 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 I was <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wooden anniversary, woody anniversary. Um, yeah. Happy anniversary to us and to wood. I'm excited for us to give each other wood. Yes. There it is. There it is. That's what I was searching for. There you go. There you go. There you go. Great, great, great. Um, 
So, listeners, uh, if you are listening to this in real time, we did have to take some time off because life happens. Thank you for your patience. We very much appreciate it. We are coming back fast and hard with priests. So that's always exciting. But before we get into it, Claire, what's got you hot and bothered? Romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> No, Girl, here's the thing. That's like being like my theme for the next books is they're both books. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. So because we did just pass Valentine's, inevitably one of the biggest news cycle, one of the biggest things in the news cycle, the week of Valentine's is always going to be what's happening in the romance world. Mm-hmm. Like inevitably they're going to be digging hard into here's what sort of like romance books are out there. Here's the different things happening. You can always find those types of things. Here are 12 romance novels with the exact same cover. Exactly. But what I like to think of it as is the end of the selling, the beginning and the end of the selling year for the romance industry, because that is when all of the news articles are about how much money these books earn. (laughs) So at which point we find out like, what is HarperCollins making on romance books? What is like all these different places making on romance books? And let me tell you what, publishing sales are down. (gasps) Everybody having a hard time, except for as usual, the romance section. Mm The romance is upholding as it has since the beginning of publishing. I'm almost possible publishing itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like if you want any of those like fun, you know, like lighthearted books, go out and get them. Like now is the bonanza. Now is the time to do it. If you want any of those serious, hard hitting journalism books, go buy some romance books too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, to fund your those authors that are getting what the Man Booker Prize, the Pushcart Prize, any of that, y'all got to go out and get your nasty on, and you got to read something bad. <laughs> In this case, if you want your broccoli, you have to eat the cheese first. (laughs) (laughs) Good. What an apt analogy. I think it's just it's it's one of the things that's always amazed me and it comes up every single year. But there has been, of course, a dip in sales as there always is. And because of the pandemic international trade shortage problems you know shipping whatever is like it is harder to get books than it has been before and they are they haven't really faced the sort of same um incline of pricing as other things have like they've had to like if you want to buy a hardback book it's always been more expensive to buy hardback but they've had to maintain basically the same price it, because if they raise that, I mean, nobody's going to pay $50 for a Dan Brown hardcover. No. <laughs> like, doesn't no. matter how, like, how much you want to know what the ending is. But the cost to make those books and the cost to make those products has gone up. Um, and since you can get them so so much for the same price for your Kindle, like people don't necessarily want to have those hard books around, but they do want romance books, Mm -hmm. even though they are still spending so much money for their Kindle, for their phones to read them on whatever e-readers they genuinely do still want to hold that book in their hand. And they real genuinely do like that aesthetic of all those books. So romance industry, Holding up the rest of the industries. And that's all I got to say. Great. Great. 
But yeah, that's my hot and bothered. Neil, yes. we just got you hot and bothered. Well, we're a couple weeks late, but since we're celebrating our anniversary today, it is that time of year when we look back on everything that we have read this past year. So from our last anniversary episode until the episode before this, um, and we sort of reflect on what we read, and then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with all of those characters. Oof, so many. Oh, my God. I know. So as a reminder, our themes last year were Sasquatches, Ladies Inherit a Business, Reality Dating Shows, Modern Retellings of Jane Austen, Construction Workers, Aliens, Classics, Treasure Hunters, Polyamory, Princes, Mobsters, Cowpokes, Renfair, Demons, Robots, Dragons, Zombie Apocalypses, Grim Reapers, Thanksgiving, Hockey Players, Sea Monsters, Princesses, Trains, and Vintners. Ah, well done. Yes. So, I can go first if you want. Yes, I do want. Okay. So, fuck Mary Kill. I'm going to fuck Lee Wei who was the robot from the AI who loved me nice. in a robot episode. And he had his sex circuits unlocked when he was like fucking our girl and he ate her out on the kitchen counter. <laughs> and he seems like he's real good at it and he's real attractive and he has a lot of endurance. So I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to marry uh, Margaret, Sophie and James from she whom I love from our polyamory episode. So this was the stay maker, the maid, and the actress in, I think it was Victorian London. That book was so fucking good. It was. It was, it was so, so good. good. And I just want to like hang out with them all the time. And I know that Sophie or Margaret didn't get married. One, because, you know, polyamory is illegal or uh, polygamy is illegal, but also because she didn't want to. So like, I don't have to marry her, but like, we're going to be in a committed relationship altogether. It's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. And then I'm going to kill Sebastian, who is our human, human from the planet Glesseris <laughs> novel, because the whole damn time he refused to read the fucking book. Just read the drove- book. It drove me so fucking crazy. On top of the book not be the book itself, Planet Glesseris, not being great. Our author was like, how do I explain things in real time to my readers instead of an info dump? Which is a good impulse. That is a good impulse to have. Info dumps are almost never fun. So our writer was like, how do I have this happen in real time? Also... If these humans are going to this other planet, obviously somebody's going to tell them what to expect. How do I reconcile these two thoughts? Sebastian chooses to stay willfully ignorant and just doesn't read the fucking book. <laughs> and it drove me crazy. It's just, you know, I'd like to be surprised. <laughs> yeah. And listen, we, we have read a lot of assholes this year, just like every year, and plenty of men who deserve to be strangled. I'm thinking some runners-up were... Our um, our uh, medieval times esque knight slash owner of a restaurant uh-huh. from um, was that the Renfair episode? Yes, 
yeah, the gay one. And he was like, hey, guy, I just met who obviously has issues. You're moving in with me and I'm in control of all of your life right now. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to my Renfair sex cult. Um, he was a runner up. Um, who else? Oh, the. Um, I think the satyrs from Vintners. The satyrs were up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was rough. Uh, oh, the the villain from the zombie apocalypse, the gay zombie apocalypse book. Also, all the characters from the straight zombie apocalypse book. Mm-hmm. Like there were some runners up, but I don't know what it is about Sebastian not reading the fucking book that drove me goddamn crazy. I mean, just. I mean, so few of us are given instruction manuals to important things. We're given instruction manuals to obvious things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, a bunch of those COVID tests, some of them were complicated. It's like, I have no idea how to take this. I have no idea what you want me to put up my nose, actually. Like, there's how what, many what drops? all of these packages. And some of them were so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, you know... I don't know why you wanted me to download a fucking app and then slowly, <laughs> agonizingly watch your fucking videos. God. We live in a world where it's just like, here's an instruction manual for your new toaster. Just, it's, it's a toaster. You plug it in, you put in the bread and you push the thing down. That's how mm-hmm. toasters work. That's how toasters have worked since toasters have toasted. Yes, but you want to buy a house? Um, you know, just ask that guy, you know, <laughs> he, he, he probably knows it, some yeah. things. Yep. Or like ask your parents, oh wait, that was 30 years ago. The, yeah. Everything is different. So to be given the opportunity of like, here's a manual of just like what the rest of your life is going to look like. That would be so helpful. <laughs> and he had this option and chose to ignore it. Or do we hate him because... We also might not read that novel, read the instructions. Like every once in a while, we ourselves are like, ah, if only I read the instructions. <laughs> sure, but that's like putting together IKEA furniture, not moving to a different planet. <laughs> yeah, if I was moving to a different planet, I would read the instructions. Yeah, and then what also is what's even worse is the 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 one apparently in that whole spaceship full of males. The one who read the instruction manual got punished for it because he got sent off to the, like, sea monster rape planet or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, those are mine for the year. It's been quite a year. It has been quite a year. Claire, what about you? Um, Well, I'm going to break the rules a little bit. How dare you? How unprecedented on this show. (laughs) I am going to uh, fuck, marry, kill, um, you know, locations. Like, I think, like, we we took a lot. We were in a lot of different fun places this year. That's true. And I think, like, we can really take a look at that. And some of, like, even the neat circumstances. I mean, the difference between, like, in Ladies Inherit a Business, um, one of them was in a sex shop. And that's just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was really happy was- about that by the lake right that little like yes the general store by the lake yeah a general store she had inherited a general store by the lake but i like all those people in that town for me i mean i'm gonna have to say like in sasquatches of course we were in 
a lovely town of Mystic Springs. Mm-hmm. And it took us down a whole wonderful rabbit hole that, you know, unfortunately everybody can only listen to when you're on the Patreon. But Christine, like, had read all of the other books to- for us. And so, honestly, like, that experience was amazing. So I am going to marry Mystic Springs. Okay. If only because the experience that it gave us. But also, genuinely, I mean, outside of the complaints I had the, about the author or, or anything else... <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that everybody has a business and if everybody's at work who has customers i know but it was also just <laughs> it had that adorable quality that you just want to like squeeze like the i mean and just things that were just so fucking cute the the library across the street from the cupcake store and the diner and of course they were run by twin ladies you know the beautician and her cute little shop like everything was adorable everything was like gingerbread feely and even though if i remember correctly <laughs> When we read the book and you were talking about the description of Main Street and how like it was so dull, nebulous it was. It was like some buildings look like this, but others didn't. <laughs> and it's like so it looks like nothing. It looks like nothing. It looks like nothing. But we spent so much time in there, like you and I and Christine. That I just I'm in it now. I'm Great. in it. I can see it. And the thing is, I can only see it in my own mind, but I'm really in there. <laughs> Great. And honestly, I feel married to it already. Like, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think that that's kind of part of like, after, you know, a year of reading through these books, the things that really stick with you, the things that you really remember, um, including like our Renfair episode. Yeah. No, the, <sighs> uh, the gay <sighs> sex uh or the you know like cult nope not that restaurant i don't want to ever go there no. do i want to go to the other run fair that was yes. run by a whole bunch of really fun people yes! yes out in the woods yes with like paths between clearings yes yes oh. yes yes it sounded like so much fun um i don't want to marry it i definitely feel like um i would get tired of said ren fair after yeah. a while Plus it's, a lot it's of seasonal so it's, it's not in your life forever anyway no so i definitely want to fuck it great which you know because again it was there but it was also like i don't know just like a summer romance like yes. yeah you do want to fuck that guy who's dressed up like a pirate you yes. don't want to marry him no <laughs> But then she does. She does. And good for her. She can have him. But honestly, you do want to have that kind of summer romance where you're fucking a guy in a costume and you never have to know who he is outside that costume. <laughs> and you get to fuck the fantasy of a pirate. That's great. That yep. is great. So, and I had a really good time with that book as well. Like, you know, Mystic Springs opened up so many fun things with us. And so I got to marry that. Like, you know, the Ren Fair books opened up like just just the, the joy of of that fantasy and fantasies mm-hmm. in general. Um, <laughs> but as far as like locations and worlds I want to kill, I'm going to have to say in our Dragons episode, we read a book about uh, a world where <laughs> I mean, those men and they're 
turning into dragons and capture i don't know like this was this was our uh, omega book the dragon omega book the gay one uh, yeah yeah ah uh, it was just such a weird world <laughs> i like even like and his wank thrown in the in the treasure room the way thrown in the treasure room. There were so many of these worlds where, I mean, like the Vintner's world, I didn't really necessarily want to be a part of, but I could apt out of that. It's like, could just be a part <laughs> of the real world. They don't invite people to the castle, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then like, there's so many of these worlds that were just ours adjacent. Um, I'm going to have to say the zombie apocalypse worlds. No, I don't necessarily want to be a part of those, but they're also worlds I'm familiar with because of the walking dead and any of the other like zombie mm-hmm. thing i don't know just the dragon shifters living in the sky in their huge like salesforce tower rooms where yeah. they hoard things and then turn into drag but they aren't there we don't know they're there but they are there and they're having all of these family conflicts and apparently rule the world forever no that's okay i don't <laughs> i was afraid you're gonna say the other dragon book where they like all live up in the mountain i'm like no that sounded great where they have like the hot springs and stuff no that was fun and adorable that was fun and adorable <laughs> No, no, no. Like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, even in the alien worlds where it was like, uh, very awkward. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. The aliens all looked exactly the same and they seem to be living their best life. So <laughs> yeah, they seem to be doing fine. Yeah. With so... their, they have their, their sex tubes. They're so good. <laughs> Remember the sex tubes? And the guy was like, I want to go in the sex tube. They're self-lubricating. Oh, God. <laughs> goodness. Goodness, goodness. Man, it's just... Great. Yeah. So, killing that. But, yeah. Yeah. Great. Grand. Um, So, normally we'd dive into the books, but before we do... Christine has a surprise for us. A special Ooh. anniversary present, perhaps? A special game for us to play at this point. So, and now, the books. So, do you think in last year, in the last year, did you and Claire fuck, marry, or kill the most books? Oh. It's a quiz. It's a fun quiz, though. My guess is we fucked more of them than not. But the yeah, thing I, the thing we did most to the books was fuck them. Yeah, I feel like we marry the least. Yeah. You murdered the most. Oh. So <laughs> who do you think was the bigger murderer last year, Claire or Neil? Oh me. Neil. Yeah. Incorrect. Claire is the bigger murderer. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you have numbers for us? I do. <laughs> this is why we keep Christine around. Claire killed 26 books and Neil killed 21 books. Oh. So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is actually a way bigger margin, too, than I yeah, thought. That's yeah, that's really surprising, actually. So, not to slut shame, but who do you think is a little bit sluttier? Who fucked more books last oh, year? Oh, for this, not in real life, because that's Yeah, easy. fuck books. I mean, I hope it's only here. 
Um, I think it's me. Uh, I think it's going to be me again. Nope. It is Neil. Oh. Neil, had, Neil fucked 19 books last year and Claire fucked 13. Oh, wow. Yes. So, and this is a very tight margin. Who is the bigger polygamist who married more books last year? I think Neil married more books. My instinct is Claire, but I'm going to see things seem to be shocking for this. So I'm going to say me as well. <laughs> no, it was Claire. Oh. Claire, <laughs> Claire has married nine books and Neil married eight books. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm sensing a theme of Claire's feelings are very strong one way or the other, and Neil's a slut. <laughs> Neil will just give it away. But we love a slut. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you, Christine. Well, you're welcome. Please Happy anniversary. Next- <laughs> Yay. Please do this next year, too. I will. Okay, great. Oh, that's really surprising, actually. Do you know? Do you know what I think? Because I expected me to have killed more than Claire, but I think it's because there were there were quite a few books this year that it's like normally I would kill them, but there's this one great representation of blank, so I feel guilty about killing it, and that's why I fucked it instead. I feel like there yeah. were quite a few of those this year. Yeah. Well, and I think like over the years, you have softened a little bit towards the genre in general. But also, um, I think we've, I think we've also found like a wider range of books that do actually cover like those things that you're saying that do have Mm -hmm. some, you know, bits in them that are like really big pieces of gold. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think I've hardened to the genre in some ways. Yeah. I think I've become a little bit more, I, I think... I think when we started, I was a little bit more, well, but this is, you know, people can like, and now I'm like, fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> See, for me, it's, I don't think it's that I've softened. I think it's my, my bar for murdering has just gotten so much lower <laughs> because of like how bad some of these books are. So when a book is like not actively terrible, I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'll fuck it. <laughs> I've fucked other people. I've fucked worse for less. So, (laughs) great. Oh, that was fun. Thank you, Christine. Let's talk about some books. Let's talk about some books. Forbidden Fruit, a taboo priest erotic MM romance, The Priest and the Demon, Book Two, by Avery Arden. Good evening, James, Azeroth greeted with a sharp-toothed smile. It's been entirely too long since you tasted the pleasures of hell. Father James McGuire has been seduced by an incubus, and he can't stop coming back for more. The demon Azeroth is the sin of lust personified, sometimes appearing to him as a handsome man and sometimes as a gorgeous woman. In the face of Azeroth's charms, James has no choice but to succumb. When Azeroth's master begins to take an interest in the young priest, he'll face temptations he never dreamed of. James's soul hangs in the balance, and his body has caught the devil's eye. So, Neil, yeah. is that what that book was about? I mean, yeah, pretty much. 
Okay. This book. If you want to see a priest having sex with a demon and don't want to be distracted by pesky things like plot, this is the book for you. Yeah. This book is literally just three sex scenes in a row. Yep. <laughs> um, I... Okay, here's a question for you. Are would you call this a romance? No, this is erotica. Yeah. I mean the the only part I feel like it, it kind of bridges on romance is that Azeroth and James really do like each other a lot. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, Azeroth yeah. has like like feelings. Stays the night. Mm-hmm. Enjoys a cuddle. And at the yeah. end of it, James even is like, don't you just want to cuddle? And Azeroth is like, I don't know. I guess I never thought of that that before. And so if you can feel like there's a happy ending where two people are maybe about to express more romantic feelings for each other, this is it. Mm-hmm. So if you blur an HEA real hardcore, I think you could find it here. Mm-hmm. But it's this is very yeah, much erotica. So like, you know, we have a lot of romances with sex scenes. This is erotica with love scenes. Yeah. So um, I was, it took me a bit just because, and by a bit, I mean the thing is what, 49 pages. Um, <laughs> I I didn't realize this was a book too. And then it's like, all of a sudden, a priest is summoning a demon to have sex with him. And I'm like, oh, I just, oh, they already know. Okay, 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 okay. We're stepping in. We're step. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, so, yeah, James is a priest. Um, and apparently in the previous book was seduced by an incubus and now has the means to, like, summon him and, and get fucked whenever he wants. I mean, hashtag goals, right? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so we have three sex scenes, which are different. And then also, so they're in a, a dumb sub um, situation with James being the sub to our demon uh, Azeroth. Um, they're depicted very well. There's like, we see in James's head and then he also vocalizes enthusiastic consent to like be submissive. Um, our first sex scene, Azeroth's like, it's Azeroth, right? Yeah. Azrath. Azrath. Sorry. Oh, I said that wrong. Azrath. Yeah. Um, sorry. Azrath's like, hey, just for funsies. And he like shows up as a beautiful woman. And James is like, oh, this is new and different. And Azrath's like, well, you're going to still do what I say. And James is like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, and then he fucks. Azrath, and then Azrath makes James eat his own cum out of Azrath's pussy, which we've never seen, like, a guy eating his cum out of someone that he's just fucked. So I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. surprised it took us this long to get here, but sure. New no, and exciting. Um, and then over the course of the book, we find out that uh, James... And look, maybe this was covered in the first book. I don't know anything about him other than he's a priest and he wants to fuck demons. I don't know why he's a priest. It also seems like he's not like he's new to being a priest or like he's doing his like priest residency or whatever. Like it felt to me like he was still sort of like in the training process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got his own parish Mm -hmm. now. But it does seem to be like a small parish. Yeah. And it's, and it also does seem like he's 
um, like it's so small that he's the only one who works at that particular church. Yeah. So and it's I'm, not I don't, like a whole thing. I don't think it says his denomination. I'm assuming it's Catholic because there's like demon lore in here. Um, so we, we find out over the course of the book that James, now that he knows that demons are real, he really wants to get fucked by Satan. Yeah. And he's like, cause that's so, so naughty and wrong. And, and like it's, I, something that I found that was expressed really well in this is like the, the, the kink surrounding like the joy of being submissive and like debased and stuff like that. And in fact, I have a, a quote it should have been ter- terrifying, but James found it oddly comforting. It was freeing to be so utterly known. Azrath would never judge him. Azrath would only indulge. So it's just like very much wanting to like be depraved and objectified, and but like in a way that seemed healthy. I mean, I don't know what else is going on in James's life. We never touched <laughs> on it. Um, but I mean, he has a steady job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, like, in, in other sub-dom books that we've read, there was sometimes, I mean, and I think, like, anticipation and not knowing what's going to come next and knowing that some of it has to do with pain, there's always a little bit of, like, fear, but, like, fear in a good way. Mm-hmm. But in some of our books, they don't really phrase it like that. It's just outright fear. And it's just mm-hmm. outright, I don't know what's going to happen. And out, and there's a lot of mistrust. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what he's going to make me do, but I guess I have to do it. Um, even when it comes down to, uh, you know, sit down and eat your food like a good girl. Why is he making me do this? You know, and it just... It feels like the other person is not actually entirely a participant in what's happening Mm -hmm. and not they can't opt in or opt out because they actually don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, This book, honestly, the whole time it was just like. I felt like James was 100% in and he wasn't afraid. He wasn't Mm -hmm. like, he was afraid. He's like, Oh shit. It's Satan. Is this bad for me? And he asked all the upfront questions like, and Satan answered them. He's like, so are we bargaining for my soul here? And he's like, I'm sure your soul is nice, but actually it's already mine. I mean, you're fucking a demon. There's what are you kidding me? Like (laughs) you're not going to the good place anymore. (laughs) And James like, fair. Okay. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) yeah in fact it seemed like um nine times out of ten when james and azrath were together it was because he summoned azrath like he had to perform a ritual to summon him there was only one time in this book where azrath showed up unannounced but then also he made sure to do it like in james's bedroom outside of work hours like he was he was (laughs) cognizant that he's a man with a schedule and responsibilities (laughs) um so yeah, it felt great. And so then our second scene is Azrath shows up and he's like, hey, I know you want to fuck Satan. And James is like, what are you? T- no, I can't. I'm a priest. What are you talking about? And Azrath's like, don't, don't bullshit me. I know. And James is like, oh, okay. So then uh, Azrath takes James into some sort of demon world where they're sitting on a throne and then across from them in this big grand hallway is a throne that looks empty. But Azrath is like, Satan is right there. He's invisible and he wants to watch. And James is like, well, then I'm going to put on a fucking show, girl. 
and he like he gets he gets so eager to the point that Azrath like comments on it. It's like, oh, I love how eager you are. And then he gets to a point. He's like, no, 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 slow down. We're not rushing anything. <laughs> um, so they have fun, and then the third scene. Azrath shows up and he's like, you are being summoned by Satan. He wants to fuck you now. And James is like, oh. Okay, so they go to a fancy hotel. I know! <laughs> where they meet Satan. And, like, they have this, like, conversation about, like, morality and mortality and the immortal soul and all of that. That, like, I think was intended to be very deep, but wasn't especially deep. Um, it wasn't deep at all. It again. <laughs> it felt to me more like we're having a consent conversation, and less than it's you know like they kept bringing up like all these famous authors who did do very deep discussions about morality and hell and mm-hmm. heaven. But like it was like okay, so you read No Exit. I'm really glad, but you're not actually referencing it. You just brought up the title. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's I yeah, I just got the sense that like this was meant to the scene this conversation with Satan was meant to be more profound than it was. But then also it was kinda undercut by like <laughs> the uh when Azrath was like, Oh, you've been summoned by the morning star and then James, a priest and also Neil, the reader who has read knows that that means satan right but then james is like lucifer that morning star it's like (laughs) oh that's in there for people who don't know that morning star is a moniker for satan but there's a there is a subtler way to have accomplished that same thing anyway i suppose i mean yes i agree there was a much subtler way to have accomplished that but also there's part of me is like people have picked up an erotica about a priest and a demon I think they know. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. (laughs) Also, also with context clues, because it's all been leading up to the scene where he meets Satan. And there's a passage that I would love to read. The, um, the prose in this was, was pretty good. It was, it was fine, but every so often there are these little gems and I would love to read something for you. So he, gets kissed by Satan and the narrative says he tasted of sweet bourbon of charcoal and incense of everything that smolders I was like oh fuck I was literally so I had gotten off of a train and was walking back to my apartment so I was reading this as I was walking on the sidewalk and I like stopped I was like this is so good that's a beautiful sentence That was. Oh, I loved it so much I liked a lot of things about meeting Lucifer Morningstar Satan in that hotel room, um, including like the black grapes that were mm-hmm. next to him. And I don't know, there was just, it was sensuous. Mm-hmm. He did seem powerful. Like, I liked all that. Every once in a while, the pros got a little bit clunky or mm-hmm. a little bit obscure in ways that made it not as much fun to read, but. I, you know, and I did feel like, oh, I probably, like, like, when I saw Incubus and Forbidden Fruit, like, the two books, they looked like two entirely different books. Like, Mm. and this didn't even look like a continuation of the first story. It looked like it was going to be something different. And then only, like, getting into this realizing, oh, I should have just picked the first book. Um, 
But uh, this one, I mean, I thought for being an erotica, like I don't need a lot of ketchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it was well constructed because the the sex scenes built, like the yeah. s- the stakes of the sex scenes built. So they're they're like it had movement, as opposed to you know like our um, infamous uh, Scottish slut guy who. Yeah, there was movement because he was trying to get to his the the guy that he was in love with. But it's sort of like, and then I was on a ship, and then I had sex, and then I was in a <laughs> fort, and then I had sex, and then I was in a tavern, and then I had sex. And they didn't, they didn't. F- the only way that they felt distinct from each other is the things that happened in them. Yeah. Whereas in this book, even though it's only three, this this when I say this book is literally three sex scenes in a row. That's what I mean. But each one had more stakes and was moving towards like we know what James wants and each of those scenes progressed the action towards him getting what he wanted. Yeah. So like had narrative narrative legs, they were up in the air, but you know, (laughs) no, I agree. I think the other thing, um, I enjoyed reading it. I thought the sex scenes were good. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, the one thing that I think you want out of a priest book is the the temptation towards sin, mm-hmm. um, and at how high how, how high those stakes are. Like versus the things you believe, and the things that you know to be true, and your feelings. Like that sort of like that being torn, and that's not something we get in this book at all. Um, no, which is fine. It's fine. That is not actually a ding on this book at all because I think it does exactly what it wants to do. And it was probably more in the first book. What I do think, what did make that funny though, because he continues to be a priest, is that it is now, he's more like a community counselor. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, a community counselor who knows that, um, that God is real and the devil is real. Um, and wants to continue counseling people to choose God, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So, do as I say, not who I do. Um, and it did seem to be like, he just like goes through his day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 10 our fathers, five Hail Marys, whatever, whatever. And I, I think there was one part where, cause he talks about how much he really does love, you know, having sex with you know with this demon and azeroth and how much he's enjoying this but what it asks him like what is the most wonderful thing you've ever felt he's like well god's light <laughs> like, Bam, right there you know it's just like, fyi <laughs> okay sure 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 and then pretty much it's like well you know you're never gonna feel it again he's like yeah well i'll take this, this is a good close second. yeah how about your dick in me <laughs> um i just have two two little two more little points to make uh I'd love to read a passage speaking to the HEA that we kind of like the nebulous HEA that we get. It's a conversation. So after Satan has, so Azrath brings James to the hotel room with Satan and Satan's like, okay, thank you, Azrath. You may go, but wait downstairs in the lobby, like go to the bar or whatever. And Satan has his way with um, James. And then we get the sense that it's like, oh, like Satan knows that James has fallen in love with these demons. So he's like, okay, we're done. And I'm, you know, sit back, relax. I'm going to send Azrath back up and you two have the room for the rest of the night. Yeah. So they're sitting there talking and James says, we can just be together. 
I know. God, he was precious. Sex is just second nature to me, I suppose. I've noticed, James said slyly. No one has ever wanted anything else from me. Well, I do. James looked at him with such warmth and openness, it made Azra's heart quicken. And like, listen, I love the, I love the trope of like, especially if it's like a mythical being, I, I am created for this. And this is what everybody wants of me. And then suddenly somebody wants me for love, for friendship, for something other than what I do. And like what that does to them. I love that trope so much. I love it. I love it so much. It's like, I am the embodiment of war. And someone was like, yeah, but also we need you to like protect us. Can you protect us? And it's like, oh, I am different now. I feel feelings for the first time ever. I'm like, great. I love it. I'm on board. I want to see it. So that was really sweet. I thought that was a really sweet way, like a really sweet little button to finish this up. Um, the one complaint that I have, and this is a pedantic grammar rant. Um, so, as we know, in English, when you want to make something possessive, you add an apostrophe S. And if the word ends in an S, some people say you just need the apostrophe. Some people say you need the apostrophe S. People who care about it more than I do fight about it. I, I like just the apostrophe. It looks cleaner to me, but I'm just like, okay, whatever. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. There was a sentence in this book where it said James's twice, and one time it was apostrophe S, and the other time it was just apostrophe. I'm like, oh, no. Pick one. Pick, yeah, one. pick one. Pick one. Pick <laughs> one. Uh, uh. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. This was, it was fun. It's 49 pages. If you feel like reading about a priest fucking a demon a couple times and then Satan, like just go buy it and read it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, um, if you were freaked out by taboo, uh, this is not taboo. Uh, It's not really. It's it's, a man has a job that he likes and this doesn't interfere with that at all. It's like someone who works at a butcher shop and they're like, oh, no, I'm a vegan at home. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Anyway, the sex is hot and it's a cute, it's a quick read. So (laughs) yeah, go for it. Um, And if you're straight and for some reason you're listening to this podcast and only read straight romance, I don't know why you've done that, but whatever. You could read the first sex scene. (laughs) Yeah, just read the first third of this 49-page book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that was Forbidden Fruit, a taboo priest erotic MM romance, The Priest and the Demon Book 2 by Avery Arden. Mafia Priests, an insta-love age gap romance. Mafia Princess, book one. This one is this one is long. It's Not the so book. Long. I'm very the sorry. Description. It's so bo- oh god. Okay. Forgive me, Father. I've been naughty. I'm the image of the perfect Mafia Princess, poised, proper, devout. But when I'm on my knees, I worship him, not God. And when I close my eyes at night, it's his face I see. In the dark, I hear him whispering my name, praising me, commanding me to do naughty things. He may be a priest, but he looks more like one of my family's enforcers. 
the blue-black stubble along his jaw, the way his shirts strain over his muscles, the kind of rugged facial features that would look ugly on a weaker man. I, I highly, this is exactly just pulled from the book itself. I remember highlighting that sentence and be like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, same. When he looks into my eyes, it's like he sees right through me, straight into my soul. And if we get any closer, I feel that I'll burn in this life, not just the next. For two years, I've confessed my sins to him, but tonight I'll do more than confess. If I have to, I'll beg. It's wrong to draw him deeper into my family's world, but I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Because I'm sick of being a prisoner in my own life, and Father Costa can save me from my family's sins. But I wonder, can he save me from mine? Publisher's note. Mafia Priest is a short, steamy, forbidden romance novella with obsessed, over-the-top, and slightly deranged main characters. <laughs> Fair. This book is not for readers who are sensitive, devout, or easily offended. But if you're craving an over-the-top alpha male with a past, a feisty, feisty virgin who knows what she wants, scorching hot chemistry, and a guaranteed HEA, then buckle up. You're in for a wild ride. Full list of kinks and trigger warnings available in the samples and look inside. So that, Claire, <laughs> is I half have, the length of the book. I have never heard a trigger warning put in such a way that really is... <laughs> Look, if you're a pussy, don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Goodness. <laughs> like, I normally think of trigger warnings as, like, a kindness. Something you do because mm -hmm. you genuinely don't want people to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but not because you want those fucking snowflakes out of the goddamn room before your daddy priest king book starts <laughs> <laughs> get out of here snowflake <laughs> i i like to think that wasn't the author's intention but that's kind of how it came across oh, it did no and i agree i mean it's quite possible that was not her intention at all I mean, probably her only intention was, like, she just doesn't want Twitter followers to, like, hate on her or give her bad reviews for, yeah. you know, what, you know, if they didn't have that warning would absolutely get some pretty nasty reviews. So I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a, this is, I think we read some kinky books that I kind of forget are a specific kink and that a kink does really mean it's a fringe um mm -hmm. like sexual want desire and so we haven't had a book where a woman enjoys calling her lover daddy <laughs> that's true and this is that book so <laughs> it just up, happens friends. to work out that he's also a father <laughs> as in a priest that, that was actually, I did actually enjoy that moment. That's like, he's like, oh yeah, you call me father, but I know you want to call me daddy. She's like, yes, I do. I'm like, fun. that was fun wordplay. I appreciate it. It was. That was fun wordplay. Okay. Okay, Claire, tell us about this. this <laughs> the, okay. Tell us about this book. Okay. So, um, our main character is uh yeah she is a mafia princess her grandfather is the dawn of a 
of a California mafia? No, they're um, they're in New York. Are they in New York? It doesn't say it until she comes back from the convent. Right. And then I I highlighted that. I was like, did you just now decide that they're in New York? Because he's originally from Philly, I think. Yeah, he's from the Philadelphia mob. And then the the guy that she is arranged to marry, he's been out in California sex trafficking minors. Yes, yes. That's what, but it it made it sound like he's like, why do you think he's in California? Like as if they're in California right now. No. Because uh, it did the thing uh a couple chapters in that's like blah 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 in this town, but and without saying the name of the town, and I'm like you don't know what's going on, do you? Okay, whatever. Right. That's fine. No, you're right. Um, I think probably the also the other reason why I accidentally maybe put it in California in my head is because her name is Bianca Mancini. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the Bay Area knows about Mancini Sleep World. <laughs> <laughs> the radio commercial you cannot escape. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you getting your mattress? Is it from Mancini's Sleep World? <laughs> There's a joke in there about Mancini and the Ma- Mancini Sleep World and the Mafia and sleeping with the fishes. Well, and no, going to the mattresses means going to war. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was that? Was that it? That was in. Um, you've got mail, right? Yes. Is it go to the mattresses? The Godfather. Oh, okay, okay. I've not seen The Godfather. You know, just this moment, your um, roommate, who I know loves The Godfather, just like she felt a shiver go through her body and she doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah, she's she's visiting family out of town. And oh, I so bet her she's, entire family felt the shiver. Yeah, she's about to text me and be like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> I felt a disturbance in the force. <laughs> um, anyway it's mafia <laughs> yes so bianca mancini is the granddaughter and the uh, of the mafia don and she's also um the oldest daughter her uh her younger sister um is 14 she's 19 uh, i think she's 14 yeah she's 14 yeah um and so but also like the Don's only daughter has died previously. So she's like the only member of his family really mm-hmm. um, there. When we open up, we're at the church and we were, we are with Salvatore who is the priest and he is just staring at her hardcore. He, I guess he's given the liturgy, but like who can say, because all he's thinking about is like, man, if one more of her buttons come undone, her titties just be popping right out of that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Something Uh, that I did appreciate, I think it was in this first scene. Yeah. It was in this first scene where he's like going through the stations of the cross or whatever people do at mass. And he's thinking about eating her out and he compares it to sort of like, taking the wafer and then baptizing himself and her feminine juices. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, you're tying in some, uh, religious imagery in there. Love it. Love it. That's what I needed. That's what you did. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And we know he likes to eat out. So already he's leagues above some of the other men that we read leagues above. Um, He is ridiculous though. (laughs) He's, I mean, I I have a whole, anyway, he's so crass. I, 
I mean, kind mm-hmm. of what I thought I was going to get into with a priest who was lusting after this woman. I really thought it was going to be a little bit more poetic. I thought, like, you know, his own feelings were going to be a little bit torn. No, no, no. This man has fucked women up and down the eastern seaboard before he even became a priest. So he mm-hmm. knows what it is to fuck a woman. And that yep. woman's tight pussy is going to be great. <laughs> but also, it was like... It says, I always find this to be like a huge red flag. I'm like, if, if a man says this to you, he is, uh, mentally unwell, uh, before taking the cloth, I fucked plenty of women, but sex was a satiation of animalistic urges. Another cheap thrill on my good days. In my dark moments, it was a fucked up attempt to feel a connection to anyone at all. Leaving them behind was easy. Celibacy seemed worth redemption. And before Bianca, it was. It's like, if a guy's just like, yeah, I just had sex to feel urges. I didn't feel anything about those other people. Run. Run far away. I don't even like it when people say that about food. (laughs) Much less about other human beings. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it's like... Yeah, technically I only sleep to fulfill to satisfy, you know, a, a basic human need to sleep, but I fucking love it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I you know you got it like yeah, no, absolutely. Sometimes it gets in the way, but sometimes it's the best thing ever. Oh, no Which kidding. is also true of sex and like being horny. I get it. Yes. And yeah. also there's a whole nother human being involved. Right. Even if you are only doing it to just enjoy the urge, you know right. what? And sometimes you just do it to get the urge out and you right. know what, you know, whatever's in front of you. But like, even then treat them like a human being say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> See, even if it were something like, yeah, I've had sex with a lot of women and it was fun. It was amazing. We had a good time, but I just never had a connection with them beyond that. Or even if you want him to be damaged, they only ever wanted me for my body. I've wanted more, but nobody seemed to have wanted that for me. So now I see myself as like a sex object. And that's something that they have to deal with. Listen, straight ladies love broken dudes. Throw that at them and they'll eat it up. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah. I feel so... like I keep der- derailing your thing. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, no, I mean... In the end, it's it's not a super simple story, but it is kind of. So he's just hot for this girl. Um, Bianca herself is like a prisoner. Uh, she doesn't go anywhere. She doesn't do anything that's in part due to security because, of course, she's the Don's daughter. And that's in part because this particular Don is really, really claustrophobically manipulative mm-hmm. <laughs> and like wants to just you know keep her as close as possible. So... Um, there's some questions about her mother's death. She committed suicide when Bianca was very young. Um, but it does seem like maybe the Dawn like pushed her to it because she kept wanting to get away. Um, like there's lots of things like that. Uh, Bianca wants to get out of this situation, but her specific situation that she wants to get out of is that she's being forced to marry one of the Don's head henchmen. His name is literally Guido. It is. It's Guido. <laughs> also, I have to point out really fast. So we have the Don. I forget what his name is, but she calls him Nono, which is grandfather in Italian. So the Salvatore Bianca Nono Guido. And then Bianca's sister's name is Elise. Yeah. And I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> 
So Bianca wants to get out of this marriage with this with Guido because one, he she doesn't want him. Uh, he's old enough to be her grandfather, which she actually doesn't have a problem with. We really find out, but yeah. <laughs> because she's into Salvatore, who's old enough to be her grandfather, so she doesn't really care. No, he's like forty. Yeah. Okay. So father, old enough to be her father. Yeah. Um, so the age difference is a problem, but you know she's. But what's a bigger problem is that, one, she's not attracted to him. Two, he seems like a horrible man. Uh, She could probably just outright say no to him and feel pretty good about herself doing that. But the problem is her grandfather rewrote his will so that if he dies, which he's going to die soon because that man is sick as hell, um, her sister becomes uh like the guardianship goes on to guido so it's not going to go on to bianca bianca's not going to be the parental guardian of her sister like Mm -hmm. it's going to be guido and i think if i'm remembering that the don basically tells her like oh if you don't want to marry him then he's going to marry elise yeah pretty much and we know that he's into sex trafficking with minors out in california so bianca's like and we see that Elisa's like I just I don't want to be in church I just want to read books so like she seems very sweet and Bianca's like I don't want I want to get both of us the fuck out of here so I'm like okay get it girl yeah so her plan is the only person she ever talks to besides her um her bodyguard which she only really seems to talk to in this book. She didn't talk to him before tonight. The only person she talks to is the priest. <laughs> and that's mostly through mm-hmm. communion. But she does feel like, oh, well, we've had a good relationship. So I'm going to talk to him about it. She's like, but I'm also hot for him. And I think he's a little hot for me because uh, I'm a virgin and I'm hot. So I'm just going to offer him my virginity in exchange for him helping me out of this marriage. <laughs> that's her go-to. <laughs> And she shows up and he's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Because she knows too that like, if the Dawn finds out that Salvatore took her virginity, he'll force them to get married. And then Bianca's like, great. I'm married to the hot priest. And then we can figure something out and save Elise. Yeah. So this is her plan. Salvatore is like, uh, you're kind of a little idiot. None of that's going to go down the way you think it will. But he, also, I'm real hot for you. And then, I mean, it's just, it's very crass. It is not like a pleasant, sexy conversation. No. It's all like, get your tight pussy over here. And I want your wet, gushing slit. A gash. Yeah. He calls it a gash. He also, he does this weird thing where, like, he's obviously into her because she's, quote, innocent. And, like, I'd love to get into this whole innocent fetish at some point. We don't need to do it right this second, but basically he then like imposes innocence on her. So he'll say things like stop apologizing. God, you're such a fucking innocent. And I'm like, what do those things have to do with each other? I don't know what you're saying. And, and she'll be like, she'll ask him questions. Cause she, she has a very clear goal how she's going to accomplish it is unclear. So she's getting information and she's asking him questions. And he's like, it doesn't work like that. Oh, you're such an innocent. It's like, why are you saying that? What does that even mean? And it's like, no, 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 no. This is a young woman trying to figure her shit out. That's like, 
What are you talking? What are you doing? It was so yes. weird. And the fact that he was he he didn't often say, "Oh, you're so innocent." He would say, "You're such an innocent." I found that bizarre, and I can't even tell you why. No, and it was. I mean. Because totally it didn't make sense because sometimes it's something he really praised about her and he really liked that she was Mm -hmm. so innocent and it was something he had to protect. Like he didn't want her to get all this information about him. He didn't want her to know all of the information about her grandfather and about how awful he really was. He didn't, he wanted to protect her and keep her innocent. On the other hand, he would degrade her, you know, to her about her innocence. You know, he would basically call her, he called her stupid. Like he straight up called her stupid. I'm pretty sure. But a spoiled brat, a spoiled child. I think he said stupid child at some point. Yeah. So like, and he would say these things to her. So he would degrade her with the thing that he prized most about her. Yeah. Which is uncomfortable in a way that I didn't think was necessary for this fetish book that was already going into uncomfortable places. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, this, like, okay, so I'm not a huge age gap romance person. And so, like, this book was already not quite for me, but sometimes I enjoy it. Sometimes I'm down. Um, Also, it helped that at times, especially after she goes to the convent, after she goes to the convent, this is a completely different book. But all of a sudden, she felt like she was in her 30s, like the way that she conducted herself. So it didn't... I I would forget about the age gap at points. Oh, like, I, I forgot totally that say, she was 19. Like, in the car on the way to the priest, the first time we're meeting him, like, we're seeing them together, I forgot mm-hmm. she was 19. Like, yeah. when she was alone, she was always self-possessed. Yeah. She was always like quick thinking. She knew exactly what she wanted. She had a, she, you know, like she was, she planned a lot of things out like, sh- and her plans always worked out. So even yeah. when he said she was dumb or yeah. too innocent, she was still correct. It was when he caught her, she was like in her grandpa's office and like the grandpa came, she was snooping around trying to find out information. The grandpa came in. So she like hid under his desk or something. And the, the grandpa and Salvatore came in and they were talking and then he somehow realized that she was there. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how he realized I, I read that how. over a couple of times. I was like, how did he know she was there? Right. But then when he, I leaves, thought it was a plan. I was yeah. like, Oh, he knew she was there. He told her to wait in there. Yeah. But then when the, when the grandpa leaves and he calls her a stupid child for hiding, it's like, no, she has learned all kinds of very important information. Her plan worked. Yeah. She had to pivot. And like, there was a point that it looked like it wouldn't work, but it did work. She was successful. Yeah. So there were a lot of times she didn't feel 19. She felt like a very self-possessed aware person. Um, what I would have liked personally is if when they were talking, just talking regular, like two people, is if she mm-hmm. retained that self-awareness mm-hmm. and she retained that sort of self-possessive, like, I know what I'm doing. And then when they were doing the sex stuff, we could get into the daddy and spanking mm-hmm. and like, I'm giving you, I'm giving my power over to you, that she, kind of stuff. She even says, she's like, I want... I want to call someone in dad. I want to call someone daddy in bed, but in my life, I'm sick of men telling me what to do. Right. And it's like, great. Love it. Love to see it. It was. <laughs> and then, <laughs> So I have to, 
she he he has this plan because Salvatore has this plan, which in in his um defense was a good plan. He tells the grandpa, "Hey, we have that connection to that convent back in Italy, and Bianca's not falling in line. The nuns will get her to fall in line." And the the grandpa's like, "Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right." But I'm worried about her being away. Uh, because people could use her to get to me and men aren't allowed in, in the convent. And Salvatore is like, well, you see, I am a priest, so I'm allowed in the convent. <laughs> and I'm like, great, this is a great plan. So then they go to this convent. They're not there for very long. And then all of a sudden, she is a boss-ass bitch. For the rest of the book, okay, the re- I wrote down a little... Oh. A, go ahead. Okay, I'm just going to interrupt you very quickly. Yes, she is a boss-ass bitch. You just... just I, I, before we get to this, I just want to like, like, cause I, I do think like we can just skip to this part. Cause I think yeah. it's such a good part. But before we get to this, I think it's important to note that a lot of this book is an erotica and we skip the erotica of a priest fucking a young girl all over a fucking convent. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do that part. Like we just skipped to her, like packing her bag after she's been in a convent for two weeks going, he, 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 our plan worked and we fucked all over i'm like that was the part i wanted (laughs) why did we skip that i don't uh, no like okay see the thing is salvatore is he's a priest but he's cosplaying as a priest more or less he took the orders because he felt so guilty about uh his work as a capo which is basically he's an enforcer for the mob he was a murderer (laughs) he was a serial killer he went out and he killed people for the mob and And it made him horny and it made him horny and made him feel bad about it so he went and became a priest and then he became a priest for the mafia because that makes the most sense and that's all Uh fine which means like any sort of feelings he has about god or whatever fuck it no it's fine like i wanted to see that novice on priest action if we were gonna like fucking cosplay it get into it no it's (laughs) Skipped it. Oh, and then we skipped a very cool part, which I will be forever angry, but whatever. It's fine. Now, Neil, take it away. Okay. So she gets to the convent and I think it's, she has this taste of freedom that, I mean, like is relative because it's still a convent. Um, And then the dynamic for the rest of the book is I wrote a, a little dramatic scene Bianca, let's get shit done. Salvatore, you're so innocent. Bianca, cocking a gun. Yeah, love you too. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. She's like, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. And he's like, oh, but you're so innocent. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Six time later, let's do things now. It was so funny to me. It was so funny. Like she was pulling him like dead weight through yeah. her plans to take over the mafia. And like, I I kind of just wanted him to be a himbo the whole time at this point that he's just uh. like, you're so pretty. I love you so much. It's like, okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, fine. We got to do things now. 
It yeah. was so funny. He's like, I'm going to protect her. I'm going to do all this. And then he was just dead weight for the second half of the book. It, it was, was so funny. It was so great. It was so funny. <laughs> so she puts together this plan, which is fucking genius. Oh, brilliant. So she's like, so what we're going to do is I am going to, in fact, marry Guido. And you, my priest lover, <laughs> are going to marry us. But here's what we're actually going to do. All in the days leading up to the wedding, we're going to kill off his biggest enforcers Mm -hmm. because I need to get rid of him and I need to get rid of his entire branch of this family. You also skipped, sorry, really fast. She had her grandpa killed. No, Guido killed her grandpa. No, she had him killed. (gasps) Because remember she had the burner phone in the convent? Yeah. And so then when they, when, uh, Salvatore was like, I have some bad news. And she's like, let me guess. Grandpa died? And he's like, yeah. He was, and she's like, let me guess. He was alone in his car and was lighting his cigarette next to his oxygen tank, despite the fact that I've scolded him countless times for lighting his cigar next to his oxygen tank. And the car blew up, and it was so bad that they could only recognize him from his dental records. And magically, there was nobody else in the car with him, even though that's usually how it goes. And he's like, did you? Did you, have your, did you have your grandfather killed? She's like, yeah. And he's like, fuck. And then they fuck on the mother superior's desk. Right. Yes. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been two weeks since we read these very short Right, books. right, right. Right. So then here's the thing about the wedding. So they kill a bunch of people off before the wedding, which I think was a really good idea. But then at the actual wedding, the plan was fucking stupid. Where they like put a thing in the fucking program of the wedding. Let me find it. I have to read it. I read it. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Right. So they do. What's important to note is they decide to do the entire, the full mass for this wedding. And anybody who's been to a Catholic mass, that's a full mass for a Catholic mass. It's forever. And there's a lot of stuff you got to do. A full mass for a Catholic wedding is arduous. There is a lot you've got to like pay attention to. There's a lot of prayers. If you were the groom and the bride, there's a lot of circling. There's a lot of lighting of different candles. <laughs> there's a lot of kneeling and standing back up again. It's and there's a lot and standing going up on. And kneeling. Which gives, which if this had been written correctly, it would have given their allies time to sneak away. Uh (laughs) But instead, Neil. So they put into the program of the wedding or like maybe this was in the uh, here. Is it an unusual message in the wedding program when we spent so much long once we spent so long crafting that will f- be forever burned into my mind today i punished marco mancini's killers that's the grandpa's name marco but if you are reading this have no fear you are innocent of the wrongs i avenge father costa will say three code words during the homily when he says the word in your program go to the vestibule if you aren't a made man armed escorts will protect you to stop the guilty from growing suspicious, you will leave in stages. Those who leave before their word is spoken will be punished. Your program will be checked. Don't talk, whisper, text, or ogle those who leave before you. We must defend honor. Cowards will be treated as traitors. Don Lombardi. And I'm like, people are going to say something. <laughs> this, is a ter- this is a terrible plan. Um, it's terrible plan. It's very hard to get the right programs into the right hands like right like also it's like um 
they, like they made a point to say that they didn't want to hurt the families of the mafiosos. But like, imagine if you're sitting there and your mafioso husband keeps you in nice furs and you see that in the program and it's like, leave and don't tell your husband he's about to get murdered. What do you think they're going to do? It's a stupid plan. No, it was a stupid plan. The best part of that plan was killing off. Uh, the thing I liked about it was the possibility, the possible red weddingness of it all, mm-hmm. where you know, and the I really liked the bride being in charge of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So here's the image. Just I want talk about to, a bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to leave people like with an image in their head of like a gorgeous, beautiful, like nineteen-year-old in white, like next to like this. 68 year old asshole that she's supposed to marry and then she and then like the wedding like a bunch of the people leave and she turns around and then like a whole bunch of people are just like laid to waste with gunfire and she stands up next to the priest and she's like this is my actual husband you all are fucking dead if you don't stand up with me because i'm the new dawn and this motherfucker's out and the bride just fucking kills her supposed to be new husband right there on the altar awesome <laughs> it was great it was great because um uh salvatore has mob connections in philadelphia which we said but that was like a surprise kind of halfway through the book um so he calls in all his brothers from from philly to come in and and act as enforcers to like murder a bunch of people and then at one point she's like shame about the altar and he's like we'll have it cleaned up don't worry about it <laughs> It's like they had to put down a deposit for sure. I'm sure. Or like, isn't there another wedding coming in in like an hour? (laughs) It was crazy. Well, and he quits his priest job. He gets married to her and yeah. And she was the new mafia boss and they do the year later thing, which cracked my shit up. (laughs) Um, You know, she's pregnant, they're married and he's telling her what to do and she's telling him to shut the fuck up. She's got a mafia to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 So uh, a few things about this book. Uh, One, the, the balance of time felt really bizarre to me. Like the first half of the book seemed very like day to day. And then we skipped to several weeks later at the convent. And then we skipped to like several months later at the wedding. Yeah. Like what I, like I couldn't get a sense of like the pace of this thing Two, I was, I, <laughs> I was bored of him and him being like, Oh, you're so innocent. I wanted to hear more about her parents. Yeah. And that whole thing, that was really interesting. And we had to spend time with the priest instead, I guess. Um, and there's one point where he's fucking her. And it's not until he's already been fucking her for a while. He's like, oh, wait, are you on birth control? And I'm like, of course she's not on birth control for two reasons. One, she's Catholic. And two, the thing you like most about her is she's a virgin. So, of course, in your fantasy world, she's not on birth control because that, like, quote, takes away from her innocence or whatever. So then he, like, pulls out of her and he's mad at her for not telling him that she's not on birth control. Like, use a condom, asshole. Um, And then one last thing that I was like, fucking really? So um, her grandfather's nickname, Bianca's grandfather's nickname to her is Princessa which is Spanish. Yeah. 
princess in Italian is Principessa, which everyone knows if you've seen Life is Beautiful. (laughs) So, and then at some point, like, Salvatore starts calling her princess. Like, he adapts her grandfather's nickname for her, which was a little weird for me. Anyway, just like, it's it's Principessa. Just Google will tell you this. Like, yeah, I um, was not. I was a huge fan of Bianca when she was strong. I was not a super huge yes. fan of Bianca when she was in the throes of her sexual neediness for him. Yeah. Like, I would have liked there to be more of a separation. Like, I, you know, but well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and this definitely felt like one of those, they want to fuck each other, ergo, they're in love situations. Yeah. I mean, it does say like love at first sight type thing, but I'm going to tell you what love at first sight actually means. Um, So here's an actual quote. I've wanted to kiss you since before it was legal. I've rubbed my dick raw thinking about you. No, you fucking didn't do anything wrong, Angel. I feel like (laughs) I need to take a shower. Yeah, no. And it's like, I didn't need that. Like, no. one, I know she's 19, which means I know you've seen her before now when she was younger. I actually no. don't need you to bring that up. Yeah. In this already age gap, like 19 cusp of book. Like, I've read a lot of princess books where, you know, like, you know, where, you know, it's a fantasy book and she wakes up and she's 16 and today's her naming day and she's got to go off and go into the world. No, no, she's fighting this guy. And oh gosh, here's a, here's a big powerful sorcerer who's going to teach her the ways. And then they fall in love. Look, I've been there. I've read that they probably shouldn't have sex book and I've, I've enjoyed them having sex. I've been there for this. It's fine. We do not have to bring it up. There's a point where he says something along the lines of like, I'm going to shove my dick into your teen cunt. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, no, it just wasn't. No, I wasn't there for it. I wasn't there for the crassness of it all. I I mean, uh, like other things too. I really actually didn't need a lot of his backstory. I loved nah. that he was an enforcer. I loved that like he had a rough upbringing, and I loved that at one point he decided to become a priest, and that's all fine. Um, I even like it. Like, I don't need actually any more than that. I genuinely <laughs> don't like. <laughs> like, if we're gonna keep to this fantasy, whatever, just leave it there. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Can we talk about the innocence fetish? Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I read books and that we read and multiple books are like, this is a thing at sexy. And I fundamentally do not understand it. And I'm like, am I, I don't know what's, I don't know. I do not understand an innocence fetish. I don't like if someone was, if someone were like, I'm so I'm 36 as of this recording. And if like, a 19 year old, a 20 year old came up to me and was like, I'm a virgin daddy. I'd be like, go have sex with someone your age. Come talk to me when you're 25 and we'll see what we can do. Um, Especially because like, and maybe this is, maybe this is the point of it, but like you, you fetishize someone for their innocence, which is, I use innocence in quotes because that just means virgin and like innocence as a concept to me is 
like nebulous and kind of weird to begin with. Um, but you, you fetishize someone for the fact that they're a virgin and you want to have sex with them so bad. And then as soon as you have sex with them, they're not a virgin anymore. So like, then what? Cause they're not in your eyes. They're not innocent anymore. Yeah. So like, what, what do you, what do you do? Like it, it, in my, in my mind, it is like by definition objectifying because you get what you want out of someone and then they, you don't want them anymore and you toss them aside and find the next one. Like, yeah. I don't, under, I don't understand the appeal of it. Honestly, I don't like, I am not attracted to someone who doesn't know themselves or what they want in the world or if they're like completely inexperienced sexually. Is that just me? I mean, no, I don't think it is. I, okay. for me, I'm not into the innocence fetish from the perspective of the person who's the, um, who's knowledgeable. I would say like there's for a large, for a long time in my life, I was more into the innocence fetish where I was the innocent one. <laughs> sure. And there was somebody more knowledgeable who was teaching me things. Sure. Uh, like, and I get it from that perspective and that perspective, like if you're writing the book, like, you, you know, you have to have, like, you don't have to, but I can understand, I don't know, like so many of the vampire stuff has to do with like, a, like virgin blood, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I, I don't really get it either. And it's, I do feel like it's just so ingrained into the culture yeah, and into, I guess when I say the culture, I say, you know, into Western, I don't know, the things that I've read and the things that have been yeah. put in front of me and the things that, you know, I've been told to like, that it's just so there that it feels like this is what is natural and normal. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right that we don't question that enough, that we don't really think about it. I know I don't like it. I've never liked it. I've okay. never liked that. I've never liked the other side of the perspective where it's like, I yearn for a virgin, whatever. Like, I yeah. don't understand that i've never really understood that there there are a lot of fetishes and kinks out there that i'm not into but i'm like intellectually i'm like oh i can i can understand why someone would be into that and like i under like like because this is our podcast and because we do what we do like werewolves and like werewolves and the pheromones and the packs and all of that and i'm like i'm not into it but like i see like i understand intellectually why someone would be into that and the things about it that could be appealing to a person. But like the, this innocence thing, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand it. And I don't understand. Like, I think it's only sexy because of this really weird and unhealthy relationship that we, especially in America have with sex and that like sex is naughty and wrong and taboo to begin with. And so to like, to be the someone, the, to be the person to bespoil, quote, bespoil someone is like signs of your virility or what are your mastery of someone else? You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it don't because get it. also having had sex, like I lost my virginity to a fellow virgin and, you know, we can get into the like what it means to be a virgin and the concept of virginity, et cetera. I had the first time I had sex was with someone who was also having sex for the first time. And it was awkward and fumbling and just like, yeah, okay. And I just like, I don't 
now that I'm older, I don't want to be around someone that inexperienced. I just don't get it. It's like, I don't have time for it. I don't have the energy for it. Uh, and then also like the, the weird moralistic bullshit around it. It really turns me off to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's not my favorite thing. It didn't. And this book didn't make it appealing. Yeah. Uh, I think we've definitely read books where we've read a fetish that we weren't into, like you or I weren't into, but then we read something in the book that made it feel appealing. Like, oh, I see why that would be fun. Like if we were in a moment and wanted to try it out with somebody we trusted, we'd be like, yeah. okay, I'm yeah, yeah, to yeah. try this. Yeah. But this book didn't sell it for me. No. No. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. I'm sure it'll come to us <laughs> um, or on us or in us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much all I had to say. Other than just like the last half of this book was fucking great watching. I love a, I love a lady wreaking revenge with catastrophic consequences storyline. I love it. I always I love, love it. it. I yeah. love it. I would say like there's the two things that this book really missed out on. One is all the sex scenes we could have had in the nunnery. Right. And two, all of the all of the other deaths and the planning up to that wedding. Like, man, wedding planning in addition to planning hits. Killing off your rivals. <gasps> Where's that? I want that whole book. Yes. I yes, I want to see a scene where they're like tasting their wedding cake and then they also find out that like I don't know, Franco Lo Giudice over there just got offed and like between planning between eating the cake for their wedding and knowing that Franco just got killed, they're so fucking horny that they go into like the walk in fridge and have sex on the cakes. Yeah. I want a whole book of that. Well, and and like parts where like she's having to put off Guido and like make nice with him and his family and pretend like this is all great and mm -hmm. also pretend to be in mourning for her grandfather, even while she's pulling in like the dons of other families into secret like underground like meetings <sighs> and like yes. practically putting her fucking foot on their necks and being like, you son of a bitch, you're gonna give your capos to me for my wedding day. And then she's like, no, daddy, I want to have been a bad girl. And like, she goes and has <laughs> sex with her priest. That'd be fine! Yeah, 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 that'd be fun. Something that I do appreciate is that after they murder everyone at their wedding, they're both really horny about it. And yeah. he's like, I know it's fucked up, but we found each other. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, at least they belong together. That's good. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so that was that book? That was that book. That was Mafia Priest in Insta Love Age Gap Romance Mafia Princess Book One by Portia Lux. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready? Are you ready? I'm ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. 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 Fuck Claire, fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Salvatore. Uh-huh. James. Uh-huh. Or Friar Tuck. <laughs> I needed a third priest in there. 
And I was like, okay, some of these are like really, uh, like I literally went to Wikipedia and was like religious figures or like religious clergy people in in, uh, fiction. And I like only recognized a few names. And I was like, we could get into the Canterbury Tales, but I've never actually read it. So we're going to go with Friar Tuck. Oh my God. Well, okay. I'm going to marry Friar Tuck. Sure. And here is why. (laughs) Because... One, no matter what Robin Hood version he's in, like what I've always appreciated about the Fire Tuck character is what a rebel he is against mm-hmm. like the king and against what's happening right now. And he's, you know, he's all for the poor. I mean, if you're a friar, you're somebody who you've given up your all of your luxuries and your goods for the church, but not this is very important not specifically to always the catholic church you've reserved a lot of that for the poor and mm-hmm. for the people in the community which is why which is why the benedictine monks were almost like excommunicated because they didn't want to share their wealth with the rest of the catholic church How which dare i they? like about them but anyway <laughs> i also like he was he really did believe in god and mm-hmm. he really did but um, Canterbury Tales or whatever. He was also lascivious and he was a drunk all the time. He was a party animal. He seemed like a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we stand a party animal who's also for the poor. Yeah. So, like, I think he'd be into communism if he knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least socialism. For sure. So I'm down. I'm down with Friar Tuck. I think we'll get married um, if he wants to get married or we'll just, you know, live a happy life of drinking wine and telling dirty jokes and Mm -hmm. feeding the poor. Um, (laughs) I am going to fuck James because I think he's good at it. He's gotten some lessons from demons. and And he has the demons coming back. He's got the demons begging for more. Mm-hmm. Satan's like, I don't want any of your soul. I want some of that sweet dick. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that D. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not, uh, I don't like, you know, we'd have to play because he's a sub. He's a sub and I'm not, I've never thought of myself as a dom in any way. So um, that might not be his favorite thing, but you know. Uh, as far as like sex, I think we could make it work one time. I think you literally just have to like tell him what to do. It doesn't even need to be forceful. <laughs> you see, he does seem like the type you could gently ask him to make you a cup of coffee and he will make it very quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm going to kill Salvatore because I, uh, he's, no, not my type. Uh, but he's, and he won't want to fuck you anyway. You're too old. Yeah. Much too old. I'm not. I'm not that innocent. Um, <laughs> yeah, Neil. I'm gonna do the same things. I don't. I've not consumed a lot of Robin Hood media. Um, so when I think of Friar Tuck, I think very specifically of the scene from the Disney Robin Hood where Friar Tuck was like a mole or a badger or something. Yeah. And he leans down to the two little church mice and gives them like two little gold coins and it makes their day because they now they can afford food. That's what I think of when I think of Friar Tuck. I'm like, yeah, I want to be married to that. Um, and then I'm also going to fuck James um, depending on the phase of the moon I'll, I'll, I'll dom him all night long. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also going to kill Salvatore. Cause not only is he gross, he's dead weight. 
he was an enforcer for the mafia. He's an experienced murderer and cannot pull his weight when it comes to killing people. Nope. He has to bring in his brothers. Like, what? Come on. Uh, and you, or your turn, Claire. Tell me, tell me, tell me. All right. So, Azeroth, mm-hmm. Morningstar, mm-hmm. Bianca. I'm going to marry Bianca. I feel like being married to her would be super awesome. And like, I can't decide decide if I would be like a kept man or if she'd be like, I'd be like the public facing person. Like I'm the one who's dealing with the, the hoi polloi of like city government to like sneak stuff in. Um, so I feel like I might be the face of the operation, or not the face, but like the mouth of the operation. Um, and then I'll, I'll blow guys as bribes. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like being married to her would be really fun. And like powerful women are sexy. I could, yeah. I could see myself being around that. And then like, I'm going to f- fuck. I think I'm going to fuck Azrath. Because he seemed a lot more creative than Lucifer did. Yeah. Um, Lucifer, I think it was in in the description of like what he looked like and then sort of his bearing that he seemed not quite clinical, but pretty detached about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Whereas like Azrath obviously like enjoys it and like revels in, in the passion and the sens- the sensuality of sex. So I'm going to fuck him. And then I'm going to kill Lucifer, which I kind of feel bad about. <laughs> um, like, I don't want to. I'll kill him, but then he'll, he'll come right back because he's a, he's an immortal concept. So because <laughs> that's an immortal concept. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, what about you, Claire? Well, I think I'm going to actually marry Azeroth. Um, okay. Uh, changeable like goes away and does his own thing like we could have our own lives but like maybe devoted to me in his own demon sort of way yeah. <laughs> i mean it would have to be an open marriage i mean i get it but you know comes when calls <laughs> <laughs> That's right. he's compelled by a ritual to just like show up in your bedroom yeah, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but also seemed very respectful of time, you know, like James's yeah. time and energy. <laughs> like, never uh, once, and maybe this was in the first book, but never once did I feel like that he was out to get anything from James other than literally to have sex with him, which yeah. James also wanted. 100%. Um, no, and I thought like sweet in its own way yeah no i think Mm. azeroth would be great um so i am going to just fuck bianca because i think she's got a lot going on um and i i'm not her type (laughs) nor am i but she's a badass and but i don't think i could be too invested or involved in that kind of life that's a lot there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. um but i think one night you know like you know chill with her like also like go to the best places and you know like live that mafia life for a night and then call mm-hmm. it quits that sounds fine to me yeah sure 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 um i'm also gonna kill lucifer satan morning star i think uh yeah he was just uh kind of bland in this mm-hmm. <laughs> surprisingly so which i think was kind of the point yeah 
not that I don't think the author intended him to be bland, but that the author intended him to be very like, um, kind of unassuming. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting choice, but like compared to getting fucked in a throne by Azrath earlier, it feels a little bit of a letdown. It did. It really did. So yeah, not, not as into that. Um, and yeah, I guess that's it. Okay. And out of all the characters, Claire? Um, well, so Bianca's bodyguard, I think his name is Robbie. Uh-huh. We didn't talk uh, about him much. No, we didn't talk about him much because he really doesn't have any influence on the plot whatsoever. No. Um, but he he found out about um, if Bianca says no, that Guido would marry Elise. And Robbie's like, that is fucked up. She is four. Yeah. So he and Salvatore work together to like make shit happen. And I think he's the one that helps Bianca get the burner phone so that she can plan the hits. Yes. Yeah. He's not a dummy. He he's is not. super smart. He like so uh <laughs> Bianca comes out of the priest like, you know, it's <laughs> So I'm going to call it a priest hole. <laughs> the, the confessional with a couch in it. Right. His back, his office comes out of his office. Cause it's not a confessional. If it's got any of that crap in it, but anyway, <laughs> comes out of his office and Rob knows right away what's up. And he goes, did that guy hurt you at all? And she's like, no, anyway, this is what's happening in my life. And he's like, fuck, that's fucked up. So he goes and talks to the priest and he's like, Hey, so I know you two are fucking cause it was Avi. <laughs> I'm not a dumbass. And Salvatore's like, what? Never! Shut up! And he's like, uh, whatever, man. Anyway, <laughs> I think we should help her get out of this situation. And Salvatore's like, I don't know what you're talking about with that other thing, but okay, I agree. And Robbie's like, oh, get over it. <laughs> this, there's a point, too, where Salvatore's been drinking and he offers Robbie some whiskey. And Robbie says something along the lines of, like, no, I'm good, despite the fact that, unlike you, I'm off the clock. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought he was good and funny, and, like, it was dumb plot-wise, because we didn't need him. Like, we didn't need him at all. I'm assuming him and Elise are the second book. I guess. That would make total sense, but, because, honestly, we did not need him. It was... No, but he was the best, he was the second best character after Bianca. He really was. I enjoyed him as a character. I enjoyed him being smarter than everybody else was up to that moment. So, I'm gonna fuck him. Um... I mm-hmm. think that's great. I am gonna um I'm gonna marry James Maguire, I think, because he can't. I know. <laughs> it's all very difficult. But, you know, <laughs> if we can break the rules of our game, he can break the rules of his priesthood, as he has. I mean, he's he is getting demons. fucked on the reg by a demon, so sure. Um, what do but honestly, mean? he cares about his community. You know, he he takes things in stride. Uh, he's, he, you know, he seems get good in game. Um, and mm-hmm. in it for the long haul, I mean, if he's, you know, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed him. I thought he was nice and fun, a little bland, maybe. Honestly, all three of the characters in Forbidden Fruit were a little cardboardy, so I don't chalk that up to too much, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I like James. I'll marry him. I just think that also speaks to how low I think of all the other characters in Mafia Priest. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to so kill Salvatore this- because I'm just done with him. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so far, this book is the only book in the series, but it only came out last year. So we'll have to see what happens next. Oh. Well, yeah. well, well. Anyway, you're going to kill Salvatore? And I'm going to kill Salvatore because, I don't know, it was dumb, you know, he wasn't... There wasn't any criminal, like, who was, like, important enough who got didn't get killed in the book already <laughs> that I feel like the need to mm-hmm. kill again. And I didn't particularly like yeah. him. I think she can do way better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to kill Salvatore. He's... It's it's so funny to me that he was dead weight at the end, even though he was in his in his mind, he was making it all happen and keeping her safe. But in reality, it was her. And he was just like, oh, you're just so innocent. Uh, there's a point that he's like, I can't believe I'm leading her into this life. I mean, she was born into this life, asshole. What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Uh, there's all kinds of times where uh, she was saying, oh, I can't believe I'm dragging him into this. He's a mafia priest. He takes confessions from mafia goons. He's in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, even disregarding the fact that he was in the mafia himself. Yeah. She didn't know that at the time, but still. No, he's he's in this life. No, 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 no. He's. That, yeah. I mean, that's what I they thought was are. like sexy about the mafia priest, that we knew he already knew all the things. Hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, kill him. Um, I'm going to fuck Azrath. Again, he's very creative. I feel like it would be a lot of fun. He seems open to a lot of things. Um, yeah, so I think that would be great. Uh, he can transport me into a demon world for us to have sex in. Like, that sounds like fun. I like seeing new places. Um, and then I'm going to marry Robbie <laughs> because he seemed really nice. Um, and then like, like Salvatore didn't seem to give a shit about Elise, except that Bianca wanted to keep her safe. He's like, oh, well, if it's what Bianca wants. Whereas, like, the first thing that came to Robbie's mind is, she is 14 and too fucking nice. Like, this is not okay. I gotta do something about this. So. Yes. And the books, Claire? Um, I don't know. I guess, um, I think I'm gonna fuck Forbidden Fruit. As an erotica, like, it was fun. It was fine. Like, I had a good time with Mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, and it. I'm going to call the end an H-E-A enough. It was enough. Yeah. It was fine. So, yeah. yeah, So I'm going to fuck it, and I'm going to kill Mafia Priest. Um, Was the ending cool? Yes. Could you get that ending out of a regular old Mafia book? Probably not, because they don't put in enough female characters because they're all supposed to be dudes. But if you want a female character, you have to like, take in charge. You have to suffer through the rest of this book. So unfortunately, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I'm also going to fuck Forbidden Fruit. It was fun. It was nice. Um, like, it, it promised, or it delivered on a lot of what was promised. I agree that, like part of what you expect from erotica with a priest is like the the uh, moral quandary and like that was absolutely minimal in this book the, uh-huh. like a couple passing sentences of like oh but i'm a priest oh i'm already bent over and i'm sucking his dick <laughs> um what are we doing oh 
but yeah, it was still fun to read. I enjoyed it. So I'm going to fuck it. Um, and then I'm also going to kill uh, Mafia Priest. I, I just, listen, I want a book that's mostly from Bianca's perspective and like longer. Like I wanted this story to be longer because I wanted to get more into like planning all the hits. I wanted the author to come up with a better idea to pull off the wedding thing. I wanted to hear more about her family. Um, and I don't think we actually said this, but we found out that her, her mom wanted to run away so her grandfather had her father killed yeah and then like the mom quote committed suicide which may or may not be the truth um so bianca finds this out and that sort of starts her 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 revenge tear which i loved i loved it i loved seeing a woman scorned live out all of her darkest reddest fantasies i always (laughs) want to see that um so that was fun but salvatore was just like gross and then he was gross in the first half of the book and then the second half of the book he was just fucking useless he contributed nothing other than to like be a priest for the fake wedding (laughs) goodness 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 so that was that all right well i think then that means it's time for our very favorite game marvelous 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 okay so one of these titles has a parenthetical that i will not read because it gives it away okay the other one the parenthetical does not give it away so i will read it so next time we are reading Loathe Thy Neighbor by Tegan Hunter and Heart Song, Vino and Veritas by A.E. Wasp. Oh, um, Realtors. <laughs> Realtors. Realtors. No. no. Okay. Right, what's the whole Heart Song one again? Heart Song, parentheses, Vino and Veritas. By A.E. Wasp. So the, the series is Vino and Veritas, but the, the this book in the series is called Heart Song. Uh, also, A.E. Wasp is a really fun author's name. I know, it is. It is. <sighs> no. to say beekeepers but that's just because you just said wasp and which aren't even bees but (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh loathe thy neighbors so this isn't like um oh it's not apartment buildings because we already did that Mm -hmm. um farms no um apartment buildings is i'm not gonna say it's close but it's within the realm is it suburbia no it's not condos no (laughs) is it remodeling no oh that would be a good one (gasps) 
I want to read a book about somebody who falls in love with a contractor while he's remodeling their kitchen. Oh my God. It's going to be Or better be yet, me. their bedroom. Ooh. <laughs> and the master bath. Ooh. Mm. Putting in a giant tub that they can both fit in. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sure that book is out there and I'm sure it's terrible. Or wonderful. Or wonderful. Or wonderfully terrible. Heart song. Loathe thy neighbor. Heart song, loathe thy neighbor. It is not gardening, no. All right, I've put in a bunch of guesses, so it's Christine has to put I'm, I'm going to say uh, wind chime manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. Okay. Oh, you come up with the best themes. <laughs> uh, community gardens? No. Okay. Claire said gardening. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you give up? Bird watchers. No. <laughs> um, is it is it romances that were started on uh, that were romances where the characters found themselves on next door because that would <laughs> loathe thy neighbor. No, that's close. It's pretty close. <gasps> oh. Uh, online communities? No. Okay. Neighborhood? No. Closer? Cul-de-sacs? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but you said apartments are close. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what things are like apartments? I don't know. I can't think of another <laughs> kind of building. <laughs> it's not a type of building. It's oh. not so much the type of, the, it's not so much the building, but what what one might find in the apartment. Are they laundromats? No. Oh. No. <laughs> I'm the worst. I feel like it's going to be so obvious. Oh, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be obvious as soon as I say it, if you don't get to it. But. Chimneys. Uh, no. Noisy neighbors. Noise complaints. No. Noise complaint handlers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nine one one. Do you give up? I do. I don't want to give up, but I give up. Roommate. Oh, roommates. Roommates. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your apartment? Balconies, chimneys, laundromats. <laughs> so, oh my god. <laughs> so we. Are reading <laughs> a floor, a ceiling, a ceiling <laughs> fan. <laughs> we are reading "Loathe Thy Neighbor," "Roommate Romps" with Tegan Hunter, and "Heart Song Vino and Veritas" by A.E. Wasp. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, so I'm really excited. "Loathe Thy Neighbor" is about uh, someone. She, she hates her neighbor, and I'm assuming it's an apartment complex. And then his apartment catches fire, so he has to move in with her. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what kind of lease is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be really hand wavy when we get to the book, yeah. but I'm really excited. <laughs> that is amazing. Great. Uh, well, thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. You're thank welcome. you so much, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. As usual, we spend a lot of time digging into these books, but we are really proud uh, that you've been able to put something out there, put it in the world, and, you know, so that we can tear it apart. 
But, yeah. you know, we did buy these books. We did buy these mm-hmm. books. And honestly, if, um, like, uh, Mafia Priest wasn't our favorite, but it's also really short. So, like, listeners, if you just want to read it for fun, if you think you might enjoy it, or if you want to, like, get in on the joke with us, just buy it. Just give yeah. these authors money. Just yeah. do it. And listeners, thank you, too. Thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you. We enjoy we enjoy this moment that we have with you, um, and we enjoy having you around. And what is a wonderful way, Neil, that they can be around? They can be around by um, sharing this with their friends, posting on social media, all of that good stuff. But if they really want our hearts, mm-hmm. they can go to patreon.com slash fmklitpod. You do need to put in the address because it's hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words. And we have been doing so for five years. I honestly cannot believe that this is our five-year anniversary. I can't believe it. I know. I know. It's so exciting. Like for an anniversary This podcast gift. is from the before times. Mm-hmm. The before times. Yes. <laughs> so for an anniversary gift for us, just rate and review. Give us some stars wherever you like. Just make us feel blushy and happy and tell all your friends, tell all your enemies. Yeah. And I guess all there's left to say is that if you can do so safely and consensually and on your knees <laughs> with lots of hallelujahs. Key. 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 Key.